that the lady must really love us because the like some of the audio from like the old podcast I'm like yo why it sound like I'm across the room like it sounds like I'm outside some of it has like background noise and I'm like mm-hmm. they ride or die they're like actually yeah. listening to this yeah they are ride or die there's some of my favorite episodes where the episode was so good and the audio was so terrible. bad that it breaks my heart absolutely terrible I hope people still listen to it. It was great. And and our OGs did. That's the thing. That's true. That's true. Our writer dies did. Sounded like we were recording in a box, but yeah, everybody listened. Everybody, everybody (laughs) heard the message. They heard the message. Hey ladies, I'm Tori. And I'm Wendy. Welcome to the Fruitful Vine, where we delight in motherhood and life one honest conversation at a time. Hello, hello. It is another Fruitful Vine Friday. Uh, I am Tori, one of your hosts. I have a YouTube channel, The Oglesby Ohana, and an organization called The Womanhood. And I am with the most perfect, beautiful host, Wendy from Plan Prep Pray. And what is the name of your membership again? Revived and Redeemed Women. And the founder of Revived and Redeemed Women. And we're just going to sit here and talk to you guys today. We have a good episode lined up. Wendy, explain to them one more time what we're doing this season. All right, ladies. So this season, we will be talking about fruitfulness. Fruitfulness in, in different times and in different um, season. So what does, what does that look like to us? Um, whether it's fruitfulness in difficult times, which is what we're talking about today or fruitfulness, um, in your marriage, fruitfulness in yourself, all the things, um, we'll get to as many of them as we can this season. And if you guys like it, who knows might show up next season too. Yeah. And if you guys have any requests for, Hey, I'm in this right now and I need to know how to be fruitful. Send it through either our IG or Wendy's personal IG or my IG. Honestly, the Fruitful Vine IG is the best one. Yeah. So maybe stick to that one. But that's what we're doing. And we're going to get into how to be fruitful in difficult seasons soon. But first, let me just check in with my girl. How are you, Wendy? I'm good, girl. Today is a good day. Today is a good day. I got up early before the kids got some some time in the word, which I'm like, you know, if I'm going to be talking about fruitfulness in difficult seasons, I need to get in the word. I'm so, so got- proud that one of us did. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, I, it's just, you know, anyways, it'll come up later, but I, I, I difficult seasons, I need God. Um, so I, I just got in the word just to make sure that I'm coming from a knowledgeable place. Um, and just, um, we got school done today, full day worth of school with all these children. Like new homeschool year school? No, no, no. Summer school? We're probably not going to be starting our new homeschool year until like September. Until like nice. September. I'm not mad about that. I that's, love that. That's just, I mean, with the move and with all the things we had to stop schooling for like two months. So we're just, we're just getting back into it. This is actually our second week of actually getting back into it. So we're just taking it where we're at and just rolling with it. Um, Victories. The, I love it. You, I'm telling you, the kids are getting back into it. They're loving it. Um, and then I built two bookshelves and this is where I'm at. <laughs> I showed up here. 
You did it today. I'm proud of you. I was going to make fun of you for still having those boxes behind you, but I'm I'm not even going to because you, you mastered the day. Good job. Slowly, but surely. I'm proud of you. So how is your day, Carissa? (laughs) I need to change it. I never change it. And now every time Carissa, um, listens to an episode, she's going to, I can hear her. It's a shout out. I can hear her laugh right now. Um, Okay. Well, now I can't answer because now I'm like, okay, change this. Um, um, Edit, rename. Um, My day is swell. It's swell. It's. I see you uh, in the gym. Yeah. Look at that. Look at those muscles, girl. Um, yeah, I so that's a new add-on to my schedule is going to the gym. Um, I work out at um burn a burn boot camp and it's so good. I love the atmosphere. So I keep going. And I was on like this four-week trial thing and now I'm just a member and I said I was now you're like I wasn't going to but I'm like this is too good so So we're gonna do it but that is kind of messing with the schedule of things um so I went to the gym this morning and then um came home got a whole bunch of work done um made a soup for dinner and then girl, it's dinner's already done at two o'clock. Well, two, three o'clock your time. Go, yes. girl. I'm yes. proud. Wait, what time is it your time? 2.15. Oh, my gosh. Now you're an hour behind me. Yeah. Um, everyone's an hour behind me, and it really messes with my mental health. <laughs> we were in the same time zone, so it's still messing with my mental health. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> upset about that, actually. <laughs> Why is it so bright outside? It's 10. (laughs) Right. Um, But that's good old Midwest for you. That's lovely. Um, Yeah. And then Teo had speech and now I'm here. So speech today. Speech was so good. He mastered his sound. Oh my goodness. He was so proud of himself. I'm proud of him too. I can just see him saying, he's just so cute. So cute. So Shy Shy starting speech in August. So we're going to join you on the speech train soon. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're going to have to talk about, matter of fact, I'm going to write this down so we don't forget fruitfulness when like, um, not busy seasons, but when there's a lot on the schedule, sounds busy to, to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lord knows, that. Lord. like that's facts. Like mom life, woman life, that's facts. Like there's yeah. so much on the schedule. But you know what? When my kids were younger, I was not busy. Like I, I feel like I was such a great stay-at-home mom and thrived when they were younger because I literally stayed at home. Like we like what where would you need to go with like a bunch of babies? We were on our schedule. Like we'd go to the park in the morning or on a walk, and then we would come home, we would have lunch, we would take naps. Like I I it was so smooth. I do not like that now my kids are at these ages where there's just demands. And even my life got busier. Like I own my own company now. Like I can't sleep on that. So there's a lot of demand. So ladies, fruitfulness in a busy season is coming. It's coming. It's coming. Sorry, I'm writing it down. (laughs) (laughs) Just so we don't forget, because we're always forgetting something. No, you're right. 
Um, you know, I'm okay. a sucker for writing down. Yes. What um, now prior seasons, we used to ask what you're munching on, what you're sipping on, what you No, it was like, what are you consuming? Consumption. What Consumption are you munching. munching. Consumption munching. <laughs> there was a song and I think you sung it. <laughs> <laughs> are you consuming anything good? Oh my gosh. I, what am I consuming? Gosh, I am back on. I was watching Heart of Dixie and now I'm somehow watching Vampire Diaries. So I don't know how I got back on that. Um, for like I think the second time or third time. I'm watching it right now, too. Did I mention this? Did no. we did? Was it osmosis? Did I like did that we... is so weird, Tori? <laughs> this is amazing. I am on. I'm like in season three. No, four. Maybe I'm deep into the vampire far. diary. You're world. far. There's yeah. only eight. Yeah, yeah. You're like really yeah. in there. Yeah. But I'm like, OK, I have to finish it before we start school. So I'm committed. I'm just committed at this point. But I mean, you don't like you really like. There's just not going to be time in my head. When but we you start. can use it as incentive. Like, let's get our stuff done so that I can go watch The Vampire Diaries. That's very true. That's very true. That's very true. Good point. Maybe I don't have to rush it. You could, you could use it as motivation. Are you team Stefan or Damon? I know the outcome, so I don't Why know do if I have could. to think about this because I don't. No, 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 no. I'm always a sucker for seeing the, the good in people that just you know may come off wrong. So I'm always if a sucker for that. Damon, I cannot with you. <laughs> I honestly, I just feel like they both are troubled individuals, just troubled human beings, <laughs> or or you know vampires. I just feel like they got they got a lot of work that they need to do. You know what? They need Jesus. They do, but they're vampires. So. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm for the record. I'm team Stefan all the way. Love him. Also, by so obviously team, like, you know what I mean? That's such an obvious one to jump on the bandwagon for the good guy. Duh. I mean, I mean. <laughs> I don't see Stefan as the good guy. I see Stefan as the controlled individual who does have a dirty old. Pa- also, I'm sorry. Rewatching this as a grown woman has made me realize that I was highly influenced by the CW and WB with my life choices in way more ways than I care to admit. Unfortunately, I can say the same. There's few shows that have aired on the CW during that time that I have not watched. So I could say that uh, I could say the same. I could say the same. I'm kind of embarrassed about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you should be. I feel like I shouldn't have been watching that stuff as a child. Like, what was my mama thinking? <laughs> I know. And I know I'm always amazed by that, too. I'm like, wow, my mom was just letting me watch. Like, so like this is really inappropriate. No, but I, <laughs> for I think a child. I actually love it. I love it for our parents and I actually love it for us. I I'm starting to feel like our generation of parents just want to save our kids from everything. And I, I think there's a balance and dare I say the older generation, even though times are different, I know things aren't as well. I don't know. I don't know. But I was I don't watching even, all that. But that's, that's here's a difference though. I don't think that. Oh, my mom knew what I was watching. And she was like, you know what? This is an appropriate age for her to be watching it. You know, my mom ain't know what I was watching. 
All right. She didn't check because if she knew what I was watching, she would have been like, you ain't watching that. You know? See, I love that. My mom didn't know what I was watching either. You know, it's and not like she knew. It's not like we was watching it together. And she's like, hey, me and my girl watching this show. Like, no. Yeah, but it's not like you were sneaking, right? Like they no, just no, were no. more hands off. They just yeah. did not care. Like TV in the room, like like yeah. that type of vibe. Like I just yeah. watched whatever. But that got me in a lot of trouble. Mm-mm. No, no, I'm a disagree. Really? Mm-mm. No, my gosh. I, to- I don't- Anyways, that's my simple times. Um. <laughs> Watching some, I should not have watched that. TV in her room. That's <laughs> why poor kids will never have a TV in the room. Poor children, my poor children, <laughs> because of my bad choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're literally making them pay for your. Come on, come on. <laughs> so <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> so terrible. Okay, but no, Tori, I'm really interested. I'm really interested. Um. Fruitfulness during difficult times. This can be a, an oxymoron in some sense. You know what I mean? Like it can be, I don't know, just like <laughs> when you look at it at face value and you think fruitfulness in difficult times, it's like, what does that even mean? You know, like let's get out of the difficult times so that we can be fruitful, you know? Um, but um, I think some of the times that we can, that we become the most fruitful is in difficult times. Um, so I'm curious to, to know like where you're at when it comes to that. We already established that I think happiness is a completely overrated emotion and I thrive. I mean, not thrive. I don't want to glorify it or romanticize it, but during a difficult season is when God does the I'm not going to say the most work, but the defining work, it feels like Um, that's when I'm really I feel like during a difficult season, you're just mush because you're like, oh, my gosh. Right. And I feel like when you're mush is when God can form, when you are humbled, when you have nothing left, when you are just a wreck is when he can come in and shape and form the pieces of you that need it to be shaped and formed. And we don't get those lessons on the mountaintop. We just don't. And and you're not going to feel like it's fruitful. Let's touch on that. During difficult seasons, you will feel like a loser. (laughs) You will feel like nothing is happening. What am I doing? My life is falling apart. But when you get out of the center of it, because we're in the center of it when it's happening, when when you get some space and you get out of it, You're going to be able to look at it in this retrospect way that just is like, wow. Yep. Yep. I 1000% agree. Tori texts me this week and she's like, so what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, fruitfulness in difficult seasons, because that's exactly what I'm walking right now. I'm walking through a difficult season right now. And so I'm like, oh, this is home. This is where I'm at with miscarriage with a move with all the things with all these unexpected changes and just trying to balance all that there is in life i have found that in truly difficult seasons the only thing that i can rely on is absolute truth like that's the only thing that i can rely on and that is that god never changes 
he, he is the same yesterday as he was, as he, he's going to be tomorrow. Uh, you know what I mean? He is the same and he remains the same. And I have found, <laughs> I have found that it is quite a sanctification process. Like Tori's talking about, like it is a molding. It is a refining. It is a, a, a fire to produce pottery. Like it is, it is true sanctifications when you're going through trials, when you're going through tribulations. It is 1000% in our weakness. He is strong. It is, what what did they say in James that, that trials produce perseverance or endurance, which is needed to live this life. When you realize that the world is not all butterflies and roses and pretty things, I have found that knowing God and knowing who he is truly can help when you have, when you have, when you look at your bank account and you don't see nothing, but you know that God is a provider, you can find hope and reassurance in that. When you, when you, when you're sick and suffering, you can know that God is a healer and you can find reassurance in that. When you lose your child and you miscarry, you can know that God is sovereign and that all that all that has happened to you and all that is happening to you, he, it, he wasn't like, oh my goodness, I had no idea this was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen. And not only did he know it was going to happen, but he understands your suffering. He suffered himself. You know, he, 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 he went through trials and tribulations and temptations and, and, and all the things when he was here. That is the only thing that has truly helped me or that I have found fruitful is who I become after the suffering is who I am after the suffering is my reliance on him. Yeah. I, I want to touch on a couple things you said. Well, I feel like it's fruitful. I find the fruitfulness in the battle mm. in the, Oh, I am the first one to get mad at God. I don't yes. care. Yeah. I know all the scriptures. Yes. I know he's sovereign, but in the middle of it, I don't care. I am angry and I am mad and we're going to battle God. So be prepared. And the cool thing about battling with God is if you, if you really do it and really seek his face, like <laughs> he's going to win every time. But in that battling is where I'm like, okay, that's where I'm humbled. That's where I am. Um, brought to my knees in a very real flesh way. I used to, you know, I want to speak against if, if you've ever lived with a group of people, or if anyone's ever told you like, Oh, you're the miracle's not coming. Cause you don't have the faith or oh, gosh. You, to, you, you shouldn't stop complaining. Just praise God. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to speak against that. And I want you to know that God doesn't expect you to just be a happy robot. It's okay to wrestle with him. It's okay to cry out. Jesus cried out. Jesus was like, father, you forsaken me. What the heck? Jesus, y'all. Jesus said, father, father, why have you forsaken me? It's okay. It's okay to be very human in your suffering. You don't always have to come from a righteous, holy spot. Dare I say that, like, that's the point of suffering to break you open so that you can get a little bit closer to a righteous, holy, loving spot. I don't know. I always, if it's just, if difficult times are for me to show my faith and, and 
for me to show how good of a Christian I am, then what's the point of God? Like, what's the point of the Holy Spirit coming in and, and fixing it and growing my faith, right? Because you can have faith, but I think that the point of this faith journey is to constantly keep go- growing and and believing and trusting God and more and more and more. Um, so I just want to, because I know I, I was a part of a church that made me feel like crap when I... <laughs> When I was sick and when the healing didn't come, like it's because I didn't have faith Um, or it's just because God is sovereign and the healing didn't come or it's because it's it. it, God is good. God is good regardless whether the healing comes or it doesn't, whether I get this amazing opportunity or it falls flat, whether my marriage works out or it doesn't. God is still good and God is still God. So I just want to take the pressure off of anyone who feels like, oh, but I'm a Christian. I should be believing in God. I should be doing this. I should. Yeah, but you're a human going through a very difficult time and God is going to meet you where you meet him. And don't don't show up to God talking fake like God knows, like God knows your heart. So you can rest assured that you can come to him naked and fully and unashamed, no matter what the emotion is. Yes, yes, I I. I 100% agree in the authenticity and the, the, the realness of just coming to God, coming to God in your doubts. I mean, there have been times I like, God, I don't know if you real God, like if you real show yourself to me, like coming to him, just as you are coming to him right where you're at, getting on your knees and really, really praying. For example, my big thing was if God is sovereign, and then that means that he allowed me to, to miscarry twice, that he allowed me to lose a child twice. And, you know, I went to God and I'm just like, why? Like, why even go through that? Like, it just seems kind of cruel. It just seems kind of like, like, why would you allow, like, I get the point after one time, but then why again? Like, I don't understand why you would allow that suffering. And that is how I came to God. Like, why? And I asked why. And um, with that, there was a lot of revelation to me. You know, I got brought to to the, I got humbled. Let's just say that. I got, I knitted you in your mother's womb. I loved you before you were even born. These are my souls. If you love your baby, can you imagine how much more the soul that I created, how much more I love that soul? I just got brought to my knees and I got, and I got, you know, I got um, really told, to be honest, on who God is. And dare I say who I am and what my love lacks, what my selfish love lacks um, in respect to who he is. But that deepness with God, that truly understanding his sovereignty, I would have never met it if I had come with, you know what, God, you took my baby. It's okay. (laughs) You know, it's all right. I'm good. You know, like, no, like I had to come raw, real, how I am. Like, I don't understand why you're doing this. Like you messed up. Like where are you at? You know what I mean? And I wouldn't say it was the most um <laughs> politically correct or the most real or the most nice way to come to a holy God. But uh thank God he's forgiving and he's gracious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and that was going to be my question for you. Like if you weren't honest and you're lamenting and mourning, 
think about the the depth that would have been missed. Yes, 100%. 100%. Having watched having watched you walk through a lot of your trials and a lot of your your sufferings and seeing how you just drew near to God, how you like in your bathtub, how you sprawled out on your floor, how you are in your word. You like, you know what? I'm gonna take a Sabbath every Saturday. I'm gonna do what I need to do. You didn't pull away. You drew closer. That was a real like light to me. It's just like, okay, like, you know, you saw Tori walk through a big trial, you know, like she did it. She ain't die. You're not gonna die. Like you survive. She's gonna survive. You can survive. Come to God. And even if you die, so what? You go to heaven. No, right. no, you're going you're gonna right. to do this. You're going to do this. But seeing the realness of that on a somewhat personal level, like a real level, you really see somebody walking through that truly helped in navigating my walk and my trials and my things because it's like, okay, I've seen it done. I just got to do it because it's not, for me, it's not necessarily a, oh my goodness, I feel like I got to come to God all pretty, but I come everywhere all pretty. You know, like, like it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind we're kind of conditioned, right? Yeah. Like even when you go to church, dress up, look good, right? Do your thing. You know, you got your guy, like, and, and it's culturally a very, very much a thing that's ingrained in me to be proper and come proper. Um, so especially, you know, to God, I'm gonna come proper, I'm gonna be proper, but there just comes a point where you're just so broken that you just come just as you are. you know, you just come just all shattered and everything. And you're like, God, only you can heal me at this point, you know? Well, um, the Bible says, um, let me see if I can pull this up. Rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord, your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. The fact that, you know, when, when, if we picture someone rending their hearts, that's not going to be pretty. When you render up your everything that is inside of you, everything that you're battling, everything that you believe, everything that you love, everything you're struggling with rendering that is going to be messy. Yeah, it is. And I just love that illustration. And, and it says, not your garments. I don't care about that. Yeah. I don't care about you giving me all your all your garments or all your possessions. I want your heart. And there has to be, there has to be honesty during, during these moments of our lives. We owe honesty to God and we owe honesty to ourselves. Also, you mentioned how I cling to God during difficult times. I do. And, and partly because I don't, again, during difficult times, that's when you're so humbled and you just realize like, oh crap, I thought everything, I thought I had everything together. No. Right. So my first thing is like, oh my goodness, cling to him. And that's why I think happiness is overrated. Cause now I'm in a a pretty, I'm in a, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling kind of good. And I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not, um, clinging to him every single day. I mean, I do in like my prayer and my, I mean, God's always right there. So I'm constantly talking to him, but studying it and, and like holding on to it for dear life looks so different in different seasons. And it's for me, the most tangible when I'm like, I got nothing left. I got nothing left. Life just kicked me on the floor. So I'm going to stay on this floor with you because that's all I got. 
I'm telling you, I find that I try my hardest during the happier seasons to equip myself, to equip myself. Because when the trials come in, yeah, because when the trials come, girl, I say all the time, I'm like that you fix your roof when it's sunny outside Mm -hmm. because the rain is coming. See, I have I have not learned that lesson yet. No, I, <laughs> I'm like, I, oh, it's raining. Time to fix it. <laughs> no, Tori, I was going through such a good season. <laughs> through such a good season. But at but I can say that during that season, I was in my word. I was, I was, I was doing all the things. I was like, like, but I didn't realize. Like it's not like I say it. But I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm equipping myself because something, something about to happen. Right. I was just doing it. And then oh, something happened. That's, no, that's interesting. Because looking back at my my biggest trial, my latest trial, prior to it, I was definitely, it's almost like the Holy Spirit prompts us, right? Yep. Hey, yep. hey, it's coming. Let's yep. draw yep. near to this. Yep. Yeah. Because I think you started the Sabbath thing prior to. Yes. Through that. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. It's wow. true. It's true. No, I, I love that. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like I 100% think that it's different. It's different. Um, During the difficult seasons, it's, it's more like a, like a, like you thirsty. It's like a need. It's like a, like a hunger, like a, like, like how a vampire. It's <laughs> <laughs> like how I just brought that all together, particular, right? It just came right back around. <laughs> um, but yes, and then during the the um the easy times, just like eh, you know, and I feel like it. That's why I try to tell y'all, don't go with your feelings. Your feelings is a lie. Happiness, all of it. Feelings are deceptive. So so deceptive. They just tell us the nature of our hearts, but just really equip yourself during sunny seasons because you rely on it just so differently when you're hungry you rely on him and your prayers are different they're deeper they're they're richer they're more fruitful dare i say oh look what you did there (laughs) okay so i read this and a current read that wendy is actually reading right now it's called this here flesh and i just want to i want to Shine some light on this beautiful quote. Um, I am most disillusioned by the Christian who refuses to name the traumas of this world. I am suspicious of anyone who can observe colonization, genocide, and decay in this world and not be stirred to lament in some way. Um, I was recently on a call with uh, my womanhood ladies, and one of our girls said, we were talking about traumas and um, pain and just life. And, um, she said, you know, you can't just slap a scripture on trauma. Pain is a very real thing. And yes, the word of God helps in so many ways and heals and fixes. We have to, we have to, as believers, we have to be honest that we have to be honest with our pain and the pain of others and the pain and the suffering in this world. It's not as e- it's, it's not that easy. You can't just slap a scripture on it. Um, and the pains of this world should stir your heart to lament, to mourn, to, to break. Cause I really do feel like in the breaking is where we get the breakthrough. And 
I don't know. I think too, I, I think that's a problem with our culture. Too many of us are trying to put a band-aid on a deep, deep, deep wound. We need to confront things. We need to battle with things and difficult seasons can be the greatest blessings if we just kind of human up and face them instead of trying to just sweep them under the rug or sweep them over there, or we'll deal with it later. Like face it because there is so much blessing in facing our giants, facing the yucky stuff. I think the thing about scripture, scripture should change hearts. Scripture should, scripture is living and it's breathing. And those that use scripture incorrectly, number one, that's just a whole nother thing that with God, I mean, just be very careful on how you manipulate and use scripture. Just make sure that you take it in context and that I don't think really anybody uses scripture right. Dare I say? <laughs> Uh, there, there are some, there are some that looks at the Bible as a whole, that looks at everything all together and just truly um, uses scripture. Scripture is living and it's breathing. It's a relationship. Um, scripture is supposed to tell you about who God is, but only God, only God can get you through a trial. And if you are using scripture as a band-aid, which I don't know how you could use scripture as a band-aid. Um, did you grow up? Did you grow up in church? Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you didn't grow up around toxic church culture. That's I, like, I didn't go to, this. I didn't go to a, um, to, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, the, the, the churches that help me, help me, help me, help me. Non-denominational. Like, no, that. the ones that are like very dancey, Speaking in the tongues. One? Oh, Speaking a Pentecost. Pentecost. It's not the name of the church, but it's how they are. Like they're very much like oh, charismatic. Charismatic. Okay. I didn't go to a charismatic. I didn't church. either. So, so I, I, I mean, I didn't go to a church where they're like, "Hey, here's this scripture, and that's supposed to help save your life, or that's supposed okay. to help." I went to more of. Scripture tells us to do this. So we walk with you through your trials. I mean, I remember losing my father at 11 years old and the church were the hands and feet of Jesus, literally what the scripture says. And they fed us. They paid our rent. They took, they took care of us. They took us to school. They, 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 the widows. That's beautiful girl. When my mom cried, it was them who, who were holding her and had their arms around her, um, that were there to help her with her children. Like, like, that's the type, like the church that I went to as a child was very, scripture was living and it was breathing, you know, um, scripture wasn't, you take this, my work is done. It was like, no, 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 no. Scripture tells me to do this. And so I walk what the scripture says. And so I say all that to say that scripture should be changing things. I don't understand. Like I said, I don't understand you as the person that's reading the scripture, how genocide, how colonialism, all the things, how that couldn't change your heart, how um, you couldn't see that suffering. If you're somebody who reads scripture and read God's word, how seeing all that suffering and seeing all that, that hardness and that difficulty and that, that, that sin, call it what it is, that sin, how you could see that and be like, I call myself a Christian, but that doesn't change um, how I feel about this, if that makes sense, because my God, uh, our God, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, um, 
he, it would break his heart. It would break his heart. Yeah. All of it, slavery, all of it, all the things, the, the terrible things, the things that are going on in this world right now, it would break his heart. It does break his heart. And it should, and, and it should break yours, break our hearts. It should break yours. It should. And yeah, we have to, again, dare I say, in some ways we have to welcome the difficult seasons, welcome the suffering. There's yes. something that can happen. Jesus had to be broken on that cross, y'all. He had to suffer for something really great to happen. Those lashings, those, and, and you know what? I was reading something else, Tori, that the suffering that he went through was bad, was bad. But can you imagine being a Trinity, being one with God, being God, being a connected to God forever, all of eternity, right? But guess what Jesus had to do when he died on that cross? He had to disconnect from what he's always known, from not even what he's always known, from who he is to die for our sins. And he knew he had to do that. So when he said, Lord, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned from me? Because he was so covered in our sins that his people himself, who he is, couldn't even look at him anymore. Like that disconnect, that abandonment that he had to go through, like for us, like, dare I say, we need to go through difficult seasons. Yeah. Like he understands. He understands. He walks through it with us. Mic drop. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) (laughs) So great. But no, the connection point was really, really great. He had a disconnect from who he is. And how many times do we, I mean, I feel like I'm in that season right now where there's a lot of unlearning and illusionment, uh, like the, the, the veil I, is just being lifted in so many ways. I feel that so much. Like I ha- I am having to disconnect from a lot of the parts that I thought were me, but it's for good. Like it, it it's Jesus had to disconnect in order to do what needed to be done. Um, yeah. Disconnection is a huge part of difficult times. And it's like, you're disconnecting for a second just to reconnect and, oh, and then there's isolation, right? Like sometimes you have to go away and, and do it by yourself and face God and bleed out to God and cry out to God. There's so much that goes into a difficult season. That is just the recipe for good fruitfulness. And you know what, you know what I think is even different, Tori, we go through different, we go through difficult seasons, a lot of all of the time in my belief for our own sanctification for our own growth for our own refinement as we talked about but jesus did that because he loved us not because he needed to grow Mm. but just because of how much he loved us that crazy that's crazy because let me tell you something i'm like that I'm not refining myself for nobody else. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. But anyways, anyways, ladies, um, we are going to wrap it up now because we've been talking and talking and talking, but let's continue this conversation on our Instagram. We will be on there all day today. So definitely chat with us um, and let's, let's keep this party going. Let us know what you guys thought. Until Mm -hmm. next time. Bye, ladies. Bye. Ladies, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. 
We pray that you remember to lean into the one true vine while you are busy being the fruitful vine. Until next time. Bye. bye. Why is that the first time that we actually did it at the same time? <laughs>